Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe DeVerge. And I am Chris Hatfield. Gabe, how are you? I'm doing great, Chris, on this fine Thursday evening. It is, it, it's the, the, the doldrums of winter, but I feel like it was sunny today here. A little sunnier in Louisville. A lot of, a lot of sunset picks out on the gram. Just felt, felt a little brighter yeah. today. Felt a little brighter today. Well, I wish I could agree. It's it's negative negative four degrees here, and I'm freezing my ass off. And big really sky, big today. big cold country, baby. <laughs> yeah. So I told you before we recorded, I I had a random question that I just wanted to throw on you. So always my favorite. Chris, I'm gonna spring me with something. I'm gonna gonna go ahead and do that. Um, I'm in the vehicle a lot more these days than I have been in the past. I'm just right. Driving, driving a lot of places, seeing a lot of things. Of course. And I, I'm always amazed just how many Trump flags are still out there on these streets. <laughs> um, and, and no, I mean, like, I know it was a thing, obviously, in Kentucky and driving during the election and things like that. They were there. But it seems like more and more, I, I see more and more. My question to you is, how long do you think these flags are going to be hanging um for a while man i don't know there is a um do you think it's gonna turn into like i i'm completely serious like non-trolling like is it gonna turn into like a confederate flag situation that's a great question like, i don't people, know i think, I think in some like, places i think in some places yeah i don't know I, I there was one on my way to to my son's daycare there was one uh that was there for a long time and I think he, he or she dropped it in late, like late December and he had it point or this house had it pointed towards a person across the street who like specifically was taunting them with their Biden signs <laughs> before the election. And right, then once right. the election was over, they put out a sign that said by Don, like by B-Y-E comma D-O-N. <laughs> and it was just, it was out all out war for a while. And God knows what happened. Like, you know, I guarantee you there was a time both of them were out there mowing their lawns, raking leaves, and like the tension. Can you imagine the tension? Um, but to answer your Sound question. Sound wars are serious. Yeah, I know. I I I that's my only real local, like close to me experience with it. Um there was also a really funny situation just for all the bachelor heads out there who know this, that uh, the young woman who is the villain of this year's bachelor season uh, posted an Instagram picture of herself the other day. And it was, you could see like on her bar, like if you're Chris and Chris and I are, are have zoom chat on. Oh, so he can see, I have a bar behind me. Imagine if one of those, if the bar had a stool next to it and on the stool was a Trump flag, you can barely tell. So that's, that happened. And that was hilarious. Um, people got super mad at that. Um, but I think, yes, to some degree, we've gone a lot of ways. Uh, it's, and, and, uh, I was really impressed. Uh, if there's one thing that impressed me about the July, the January 6th, um, insurrection it was the breadth and uh um diversity in flags that i saw trump flags um i literally sent a flag to a friend the other day that i saw a picture of that was half trump flag 
or like thirds. It was a third the American flag, a third Trump flag, and a third of the Confederate flag. And I said, "This is hell on earth in a flag." <laughs> no, you're 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 absolutely right. I've seen more diversity. I don't know if I've seen more diversity of land or more diversity of Trump flags on the west coast of America in the last few months that I've been out here. Like it's it's insane. I think I've seen more over the past three months than I did before the election because obviously we know how these people kind of are when they, when they get, when there's fuel put on the fire, it's literally going to turn into a gasoline situation. So it's going to embolden them more. So no, I think it's, I think it's a legitimate question. I just wonder how long some of these dudes are gonna, are gonna hang on. Um, it, it, it may be three or four years. It really, I, I think, I think for five to 10% of the country, it's, it's going to be years, not months, not weeks going to be years and for probably five percent it's going to be decades <laughs> which is uh <laughs> which is not ideal for a, a fledgling democracy <laughs> for, for, <laughs> um well I'm, gl- I'm glad i could get this off my chest it was something <laughs> i needed to get out there shout um, out to and, all and like have a little bit of a deeper discussion with Shout out to like the like the 75 people who listen to this podcast who just didn't want to hear this. <laughs> There's more than 75 people who listen to the podcast, but the 75 of you who turned it off. If you <laughs> shout out to you. Because <laughs> you're like, I don't want to hear this. We're gonna talk about Wake Forest. Starting Fort- off with the banger. <laughs> We're gonna talk about Wake Forest, Chris. We're gonna talk about um uh, you know what a huge and you know and and resounding win to some degree that it was and i think what what it means for louisville in the future uh we'll talk a little bit about the miami game and then we're going to talk some more fun stuff with the um the letter from uofl legend butch beard that came out and uh we might get to calipari as well and then some of your questions that you guys sent into chris um before we recorded so there's a lot to get to but it's gonna be a fun show we'll see you on the other side Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. And we're back, Chris. As I mentioned, recording this Thursday night, last night, the Louisville Cardinals overtook the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, led by freshman coach, is it Probes? No, it's Prosser. Steve oh, Forbes. Steve Forbes. Prosser was the old, was, yeah. was Chris Mack's coach there. Was- uh, <laughs> Steve Probes, Jeff Probes, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Gabe. Um, <laughs> 77 to 65, Louisville uh, defeats the Demon Deacons down in Winston-Salem. Uh, this game, a lot of interesting things happen, but you just can't start talking about this game without mentioning Carly Jones, uh, who had 23 points nine of 10 from the field uh 10 assists three assists or uh, 10 rebounds three assists three steals just one turnover in 36 minutes uh his best game as a cardinal hands down and um i know we talked a lot about david johnson last week being acc player of the year but the 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 carly jones acc player of the year train has started I, i saw a lot of people talking about it last night um Chris, what 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 did you think about Carly's performance? Was last night just the night that everybody wanted to call everyone up and have the conversation about Damian Lee versus Carly Jones? <laughs> like was, that's that's 
that's what I saw everywhere last night. It was a lot. That was that was a lot, to be quite honest with you. I almost tweeted it out. I was like, let's just chill and enjoy the guy we have in front of us. Not saying that one is better than the other. I just I don't know, man. Just like let's enjoy Carly Jones. No, I mean, like <laughs> the the dude's amazing. I mean, it, it's it's just like a broken record at this point. I think like the most impressive thing, obviously, is scoring ability. The layup he had. Uh, the, there's a photo out there that said like glass or something. Absolutely no angle. angle. Yeah, it, it makes that. That's amazing. But I mean, to give that effort on the offensive side and then to still come up with seven, eight, nine, ten boards every night. It's just like I don't know what you can more you can say about the dude. Um, he does everything for Louisville and the things that he doesn't do, David Johnson does. <laughs> yep. Um, so I mean, like. <laughs> it, it's you don't I don't know if you ever really want to have that imbalance with your team and I'm not sure the imbalance on this team is that stark but I mean my goodness like Carleek's balling and then David Johnson has a steal and then just casually walking up the court and drops a transition three like <laughs> last night was great for the backcourt I expected them to be great I, I kind of talked about it a little bit beforehand about how Wake Forest really struggled defending the pick and row I don't think Louisville really killed them with the pick and row last no, night but they just really. killed them collectively with their backcourt um, but yeah I mean you just run out of stuff to say. Carly's great. This team um, would definitely not be, what are they, 10 and 1, 9 and 1 now? Um, w- without him, they would probably yeah, have three or four sorry. losses. I mean, um, that, that a lot as, we, as we know, as we know, we would we lost yeah, to Wisconsin so like, without him. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the thing is like, I don't know that that, that version of Lobel is that bad without Carly Jones. I think there were a lot of contributing factors in that game. Of course. Um, but we, we saw it last night, even when he was off the court for a brief stint, I think Wake Forest went probably on a six Oh run. Um, David Johnson goes out and you know, they, they kind of go on a five run of their own. Um, so you just, whatever you want to say about Carly's value to this team. Yes, you're right. Yes. I mean, you just you you really can't put it into words. No, you can't. I, I think Louisville has asserted itself hands down as the best the best backcourt in the ACC. It's not even a question anymore. Carly currently second in the uh, Ken Palm All ACC, um, and, and and you're absolutely right. What what I'm you know. Wake Forest is, isn't that great of a squad, 126 and Ken Palm, however, ever you they're know. better, they're better than they were last year. They're better, better than, than they were last team. year. They are not a they are not a sub 250, sub 200 team um yeah. this season, which is what they've been traditionally. So I, I'm not saying you should treat them. They're not quite, you know, this isn't a, a Syracuse, Miami uh level win of that kind of mid-tier of the ACC, but it is be- the bottom is better than it was, um, even if the top isn't as good as it normally is. Um, but what I'm I, I am most impressive impressed with is exactly what you said. The fact that um, you know, David Johnson didn't have his best game, you know, in, in a Louisville uniform tonight, but he still was able to get nine assists. Clearly, he was being held offensively, and you get Carly Jones stepping stepping out, you know, Wake Forest clearly makes the assumption, okay, we're going to we're going to lock down David Johnson. They did a pretty good job of that, uh, you know, scoring wise. Um, and then you have guys and we'll talk about Samuel Williamson and, 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 and Dre Davis. But just as I always say, and I've said it on this podcast many times, I'm always impressed with teams finding new ways to win. How are you going to win? They didn't win tonight with David Johnson scoring 
20 points, which he's had the past couple games. They won with Carly Jones, you know, playing really well. They only turned the ball 10 times and, and um, you know, five of those were coming from guys who came off the bench. Um, the starters were really, really careful with the ball, um, you know, uh, last night. Um, and Jalen Withers, who just was in foul trouble the entire time, comes off the best game of his career at Louisville and is you know, does not play. He plays nine minutes against, uh, against Wake Forest. Um, just to be able that to was the, see. That was the thing about last night. Yeah. Th- that was the thing about last night is that uh, there were a lot of like uh, uh, peculiar situations for Louisville last night. Cause David Johnson has four fouls late in the game. Jalen Withers immediately quick into the game gets two fouls. There were a lot of situations where I think wake force put pressure on mobile, put game mm-hmm. pressure on mobile mm-hmm. to perform early in the game, late in the game when they blew the lead and they responded both times. Um, and you know, you can say what you say about the quality of the squad, but doing that, in college basketball is worth something. If you're not Gonzaga, if you're not to a certain extent, and if you're not not teams outside of those three are doing that. Um, so to see Louisville do that, you know, uh, last night and also against Boston college, you could speak about the quality if you want, but it's still impressive. No, definitely. And yes, I, I, I want to see this team, you know, who, you know, Louisville had what a 17 point lead with, you know, 12 minutes, 14 minutes left in this game. And, and they let it come down to one possession. Um, I want to see them step on a team's throat and just, and just do it. I get it. But I'm not that upset by seeing them step to the moment every time that doesn't upset me that much. They're probably going to get ca- caught off guard against a better team. Uh, you know, Syracuse is, is, is not, that's not going to happen against Syracuse. They got to figure it out that in, in a different way, um, you know, a, a mid-level to, to upper tier level uh, ACC team. Um, but I, I am still continually impressed. I leave each one of these games impressed with something new Um you know, I, tonight it probably, or last night it, it was probably Dre Davis, you know, even though we'll talk about Samuel Williamson, just in terms of, um, you know, how he was able to step up, especially on the defensive end, he was just an absolute monster there. Um, but I even like, I, I I'm continually impressed. The one thing with Carly guy I didn't mention is he just gets to the lane so much faster than dudes that he shouldn't be beating to the lane that fast. And, it's it's i don't know if i don't know if it's athletic pure athleticism or just like it almost feels like a and this is an overused term it's like a gritty get to like he just gets there and it's it's no it's and i work. mean like it's he outworks people to the lane and he's at the basket and he's at an angle by that time and and I, you saw in the second half you saw wake forest really kind of clamp down and he'd really done very well in the first half of doing that and then that's when he started i mean carly probably should have had another four points off fouls he was he was mugged down there uh, you know three or four times in the second half it's just um i'm continually impressed with him and i you know you know if we want to talk about legacy he's definitely a type of guy that that i think fans are going to remember for a super long time just because of how well he's taking this opportunity and um it clearly means a ton to him to 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 have have this chance in the ac and he's making the most of it i want to i want to get to sam but non-carleek withstanding and this team as a whole, what surprises you most about what they have done so far this season and the way they've done it? 
I think how, how well they've, the, the front court has acquitted itself. Um, you know, you, JJ trainer played 21 minutes played where, you know, he only he had was, seven was great last night. Yeah. He only had seven points and have two turnovers, but I, I, I felt like there was, there were so many times that he would flash. He had three blocks. I just now saw that. That's that's stupid. Um, Quinn Sosinski makes, makes the, you know, joke about white guys, but he makes the plays that don't show up in the stat sheet. He does grit his way through it. You know, he's um, the, the, the steel, you know, the steel to uh, Carly just streaming down in transition offense um, that honestly really started the kind of closing the door on wake. Um, those are the types of plays that you have. To, you just have to have guys to do that. You have to have guys that do that to make a final four. And um, as I mentioned, Jalen Withers definitely, you know, definitely wasn't in his best game, but I, I, I totally a hundred percent, you know, think that, that he's, a, he's done really well and um, excited to see Menelin show up. Um, and, and of course the, the, the specter of Malik Williams coming back at some point, this, the, we, we were, we entered this season concerned about the front court and it's done just fine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think uh, kind of adding to that for me, it's just how every night would one guy's in there. There's another guy quick to stand exactly. to, to step up. Exactly. I, I said at the beginning of the season, um, I'm trying to think of my three biggest concerns. I know one was three point shooting. Um, and the other was just who that guy is going to be. That's going to step up. Who's going to be that Ryan man. Who's going to be that Dwayne sudden to hit that big shot when things aren't going well. And I'm not sure you know the direct answer with that team, right? With this team right now, because it's been a guy, a different guy every night. Every night. Um, Quinn hit a big shot last night, hit the big three. Um, you know, JJ Trainer had a big and one at one point, I think. Like there's there's been guys when Jalen Withers doesn't play play good, Dre Davis steps up. When Dre Davis doesn't play good, Jalen Withers plays great. Exactly. So just getting that, it's it's not, I don't want to call it consistency because consistency would be one guy in that role every night, but having someone there to step up when the other one's not has surprised me pleasantly. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's great to see. So we can, we can get to Sam because I know you're itching. We got to get to, to Sam, to, man. To, get to, to, to talk about Sam. Sam season's back. Big Sam is back. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, this is exactly what we wanted to see from this guy. You know, we, 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 yeah. we, we leave that Virginia tech game. We know, you know, he's, he sits on the bench basically the entire second half. Quinn Sosinski has a fantastic game is clearly outplaying Sam. Sam turns around, they have the weekend off and he gets the freaking gold Jersey and that was that was like the opposite of a red flag big sign number one for me that that okay the switch is hopefully clicking and we wanted to see it in the game and uh it was funny because he makes that mistake immediately and i like my 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 group of guys that i just text we just text every uval game just the entire time they were just like sam again here we go and then he just went on fire and he was four for four to start shooting and um you know, he ends three up having, right? right. Three, three or four from three ends up with a double, double, um, 15 points, 11 rebounds, one assist. Um, he did have three turnovers. One I mentioned, and I think a, a few other ones, but, uh, you know, 34 minutes, you know, five of seven, you're going to take that every time from, from Sammy Williamson. And if, if he can come into his own and be a more consistent, you know, we're talking about consistency. We're talking about more people needing to step up. That's the Samuel Williamson. This team needs, he doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to be the Carly 
Jones level contributor to this team. But if he can be kind of in the second tier behind David Johnson and Carly Jones, it's going to open up so much more for this team. And he, you could just tell he was settled in his lanes. Um, there was I, I, one thing I noticed that I, I had texted a few people every time he would kind of leave his pick set, he would, he would, when he would streak, he would always have his hands up. And that's something I noticed he never did before. And I was like, that's new. That's, you know, and just clearly he was more involved in the offense, more active on defense. Um, I can't say enough. It's exactly the type of performance I wanted to see from him. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was back-to-back press conferences that, that Matt kind of went after him after the game. And then this week in the game kind of challenged him once again, one thing I, I liked is how, you know, Max said those things, but he was still as involved in the offense as he had previously been. His I looked at his usage rate. That was like the first thing I looked at. It was pretty much the same as it's been all season. It was like in the twenty percent, right behind Carly and David Johnson. So that they they still went to him. They're like, right. you know, we may dog you all week, but we're still going to give you your opportunities to perform. Um, I don't need fifteen points every night from Sam Williamson. I just need nine every yeah. night. You know, yeah. I, I I don't need I don't need fifteen and then two, so uh, this is great. Now now give me another game like this. exactly. Not even it doesn't have to be like this. Just some type of consistency. If he's making that outside shot, that obviously you know that changes everything for Louisville. It opens yeah. up the lane for yeah. guys like Carleek and David Johnson. It opens up secondary scoring options. It does a lot of things. But even if it's not him making that shot, just giving something, giving nine point six rebounds every night. That that's that's huge. And you just re- you really got a glimpse last night of why why you know when he was shooting why he was so highly regarded. His shot is so pretty. His shot is it, it, like technically you know mechanically that's the shot that that every kid need, wants to have. And you you just you 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 know. It, he shot four threes and, you know, I swore the fourth one was going to be hit on. It just, it just, it came out of his hand so perfectly came out of his hand perfectly. And especially he hit the, basically the dagger, you know, kind of just closed the door um, and, and really, you know, made sure the game was over um, in in the final moments. So very, very impressed with him, obviously. And you're absolutely right. I want to see it again. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, it, it, big Sam season's coming back. It's it, we're, we're here, but uh, I'd love to see him, you know, followed up with another great effort. And exactly what you said, you know, two of three from three, a couple, you know, um, you know, 10 points, it's 10.7 rebounds two assists, you know, limit the turnovers. Yeah, it's perfect. That's what, that's what we want. That's just, that's what we need from him to be kind of that second level of, of contributor. Um, I did. I did. Uh, we anything specific about Dre Davis? Cause I just feel like he's. I don't know, like as you said, every night there's someone new. But uh, you know, I feel like we've mostly talked about Dre Davis on the show in regards to the fact that he's still the second the the second highest three point shooter on this team. He shoots the second most amount of threes, um, but he's only he, he's he, seven of twenty eight now. <laughs> he just makes no. He makes some of the most unexpected points. I think. Exactly. For, uh, I was talking to to Mike Rutherford about this in the DMs today because I I like sent him the same thing I, tw- I sent you of that Bart Torvik site like had like a Joshua Langford co- um, comparison yeah. to him which and excited that's me so a lot. And he was like he was like you know he he plays so big though like I I can't tell you how many times I have to like go back in my mind and remember that the dude's six five 
because he plays like a like a freaking center like he had the rebound on i think it was the right side of the rim and then put it up and finish it with an n1 and i'm like dude you look like you look like shane behannon or somebody like that you do not look like a six five like small forward um so yeah man the the dude just makes plays um point blank period he's a dog three-point shot is whatever (laughs) but he only shot one last night but he missed it and i knew uh, carly came out of there's gonna be a tweet every time every time he shoots one now carly came out of the transition he had sam on his left dre on his right and he looked to dre and the second he did that as a dre's pulling up i said it out loud (laughs) i was in this chair in my basement my wife was watching something else and i was like ah dre's about to pull up right here And in transition like oh come on and i think max said something to him because he didn't push another three uh but he still was able to to rack up 15 points and i i really think on defense he just um you know he he really tightened things up and i was excited about that um and when he went down for that minute which was cramps was like i i freaked out was scary. i freaked out because i, was yeah, like, I mean that's there's, just there's, there's two kind of dogs on this team right now and they're and it's him and it's Quinn Zizinski. Yeah. Um, and, and those are the guys that give this team added boost, added energy every night. Um, so yeah, I mean, when he went down with the cramp, I did kind of freak out because I, I think losing I mean, a guy it, like, like him right now would be huge, massive for this team. It looked, it, it looked like a knee. It looked like he had just popped his knee, just kind of the way he went down contact. And then they showed it, they showed it a, a second time. And I just, I saw the calf seize up. I was like, oh, okay. It's like, it just like, yeah. it looked like you just wrung a sponge and it was his calf. Um, one, one note about DJ, he had seven assists in the first half. And I just kind of just like, was like, holy crap. <laughs> he yeah. ended the night with, with nine assists, but um there was and there was one uh he had one dime uh, who was it to i think it was to no it wasn't to quinn i think it was to jj no 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 it was to nickelberry like the cross court one the cross court to nickelberry and i'm like just drain this because that was beautiful and he missed it <laughs> and i was just like that was like that the fact that that's not going to go cool. down as an assist I, and i tweeted about i was like oh my god that dime and it didn't even it, it wasn't even a, a true dime because it, it didn't go in but um you so can just see the, the, the we vision spent the, like we spent the like 20 minutes of glowingly talk about this team. Like what do you want to see more of? Um, because that's like the thing for me is like to, to kind of start nitpicking. I was looking at a few offensive numbers. I haven't really seen many teams do this, but my God, mobile's often like defensive numbers guarding the pick and row are absolutely dreadful. Um, there are a few teams that they're going to face on their schedule that are going to run a lot of that. Virginia's one. NC State's one, Florida State's one. Um, so those are something that I would just kind of keep an eye out. You're not really going to see it against Miami, and you're not really going to see it until you – I mean, until Florida State on – what's that, on Monday? Right. Um, so defensively, I, I think this team continually, like, has room to grow. Um, and then the, the blowing the lead thing, you know, that that is what it is, but I'm not really sure they're going to – you know, as long as they're kind of answering the bell, um, I don't know how big of an issue is that. Is there anything in particular, whether it's rebounding or, or just something very concrete that you want to see this team improve on? Um, I, if, if we're, you know, you mentioned, uh, you, you mentioned guarding pick and roll. I think for me, it's fouling. I, 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 and I'm, I'm a little concerned, you know, even going into Miami there, Miami draws fouls really well. Um, 
that, that was one of my notes I was going to mention. Louisville is uh, 242nd in free throws attempted over field goals attempted. Ooh. Um, that's really bad. And, uh, I think yeah. a lot of that is because of the youth. Um, but David Johnson isn't great. Isn't, you know, he, he's, you know, he's committing 3.5 fouls per 40 minutes. Um, Sam Williamson's com- com- committing 4.1 Jalen Withers is nearly six fouls for 5.8. Um, the only person below three on this team is Carly Jones at 1.4. So let's, let's be better at that. That seems like something that they could be better at. But again, I really do attribute that to youth. I'm not, I'm not super, it's not something that I, you know, I'm, uh, it's not keeping me up at night, but uh, it's something that I think I'd love to see some improvement over the next 30 days um, to be able to look back and see those numbers dip into the twos and, and, um, you know, it's because it's it's not ideal. Uh, everyone is fouling. Everyone but Park, but Carlique is fouling. So yeah, last night it was pretty evident. And a lot. And listen, last night's officiating wasn't great. Like I'm not gonna. No. Uh, it, it, it wasn't ideal. And um, I joked that like one of Jalen's fouls was legit. It was probably like three or four. But uh, <laughs> it, it, it did feel like it did feel on several occasions like Louisville just found themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. And part of that is being young and not not you know in focus and and and, and stuff. So. Um, I noticed that they tend to, if they make a mistake, they're much more likely to compound that with a foul, which is like number no, one. I think, yeah, I think you're totally right. With number that. one. I noticed that a few times too. I, I didn't, you know, I did not play basketball much growing up, which we're going to talk about at some point later. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I, that was always something that coaches would, I always hear coaches say, it's like, if you make a mistake, do not immediately foul. Cause it's just, you're compounding on your mistakes and, and Louisville does that all the time. And it's like, Sam, you know, like Sam will turn the ball over and then, you know, and then DJ will foul or like the opposite. It's just, it's all of them. They freak out when, when a mistake is made and try and overcorrect. So ho- hopefully that's something I, 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 that's just learning. That's just situational awareness. I, I, it's not, not something that you learn, is learned with experience. Anything I'm just waiting for the, I'm kind of just waiting for the team to get like, punched in the mouth and, and yeah. face like a true second half deficit it's gonna happen respond. it's um, gonna happen and it probably needs to West happen Co- wisconsin yeah i mean wisconsin isn't a thing like i'm just at this point i'm almost on the verge of like throwing that game completely out just because yeah. of the circumstances and what's happened since then Definitely. um so you know maybe maybe it happens on monday maybe florida state comes out and you know maybe Louisville has another one of those awful starts and they don't quickly respond. Um, and they're kind of down going into the halftime, you know, uh, just a moment like that. I, I think it needs to happen, um, to see how they kind of see where they're at. Yeah. Uh, Louisville has, as we mentioned, one of those patented, uh, ACC turnarounds Saturday, uh, at Miami Monday, um, at home for Florida state. So we probably won't have a pod before, um, those games will we'll come back after, um, Ken Palm uh, projects that Louisville will win a 63% chance. Louisville will win at Miami, Florida, um, 68 to 65, and then a 56% chance they win at home against Florida State, 71 to 69. Uh, thoughts on that? It sounds like you're you're more concerned about Florida State. Uh, you're you're yeah, pretty concerned because, about like, Florida State. I mean, Miami's just been—I don't even know who's healthy for them. They've been so banged up throughout the year. Um, I've only watched them, I think, once 
And coming into the season with a healthy Miami, I thought they were, you know, I thought they were a top four sneaky ACC team. Yeah. But they really haven't been at full strength all year. Um, no, yeah, so, they're still uh, they're still miss, they're still missing likes. Uh, they're missing missing Magusty, uh, Dan Gok as well. And last night they had um, uh, they started Beverly Wong, Timberlake, Cross, and Brooks. Yeah, and Timberlake and Wong are really the only two names that are recognized. So, right. Yeah. I mean, w- w- without legs, I don't really, I uh, don't really have much concern about that game. Louisville can obviously lose any game, but I mean, Florida State is always just going to concern me because of the way uh, those teams are constructed and the the general athleticism. I need to dig a little bit more into that game, um, just as far as from a matchup perspective. I don't think Louisville is at or. Florida State is as athletic as they were last year, um, but they have the guards that are not better than Carly and David Johnson, but they can match up with them too. So um, MJ Walker, anytime you Anthony have that, polite. Yeah, and then Scotty Barnes too. Um, yeah, so yeah, he, he, yeah. Scotty Barnes is is and, obviously and he, I'm concerned about. I wonder. I wonder who they're going to match him up. To have that matchup. Yeah, I, I wonder if they'll put DJ on Scotty Barnes just so we get the NBA lottery <laughs> pick matchup. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are, no, that's I mean, also that, that would be fun to watch. Also marks the uh, the arrival of Balsa Kuprovica, who uh, was one of the dudes that uh, Adidas was trying to get to Louisville. So um, that's funny. <laughs> just sounds like a dude that's going to drop twenty on Louisville. No, oh, no question. I'm really, I'm really, really ready for that. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I think I think that Florida State game, you're absolutely right, because, you know, you get Florida State on Monday and then Duke um, and then sort of a respite. Uh, a re- you, you get another week before you got to play Boston College and Syracuse in pretty quick succession. And and then sort of the tough, you know, the, these are the tough games in the AC coming up. You get Florida State, Duke, Virginia um, in the matter of two weeks, you know, and uh, at Syracuse as well. So, you know, the next of the next six games uh, for them are pretty tough. Um, I think um, I think what was going to run Duke, by the way. I hope you're right. I think they're going to win by 15. Uh, I, I, I think they're going to run Duke. Um, but okay. next week is the week. Next week is the week. I will say that. Uh, We're going to know you, a lot more about this basketball team after that, after January the 23rd, just because I feel like we're going to, you know, that's a good measuring stick of, of, you know, are they legit, you know, a top tier team in the um, ACC really quickly. Is your expectation at this point, ACC championship? Um, I mean, I wouldn't go that far just because I don't think Will was going to beat Clemson. <laughs> um, that's like the thing, like my expectation, yes, is to compete for an ACC championship. My expectation is for Louisville to be there, you know, in those final few weeks to be right there to, you know, to say if Louisville goes and wins these few games, they can right. be ACC championships. Absolutely. That is my expectation. Um, but I haven't really allowed myself to to think two things. I haven't really allowed myself to think Louisville beats Clemson or they beat North Carolina because I think they match up with those teams terribly. Um, because of mostly because of the size size issue with those two teams. Um, but yes, I, I think it's perfectly reasonable right now to say, you know, that ACC that Louisville should be competing with for an ACC championship. I, I hope there's an ACC tournament too. So there can be, <laughs> you know, a, a second opportunity, a, a crack at that too, if, if need be, but there is no reason that that Louisville shouldn't go into the, 
you know, the final, what was the, the article? I think our guy hoop hoops insight had about just kind of where Louisville stacked up and he named a few teams and Clemson and Florida state were those, I feel reasonably pretty good about Florida state. I, I don't feel good about Clemson at all. So that's, what's kind of just holding me back. If you're going to tell me right now that, you know, Louisville beats Clemson, then I'd say, yeah, Louisville should win the ACC. Um, it was a little not quite there yet. I, I am like perennially a non-believer in, in NC state. So I was really kind of shocked that, th- that they, they couldn't take care of NC state pretty, um, pretty well. I've just not, I, I haven't seen anything in NC state in the limited amount. I've watched them a few times. Um, that makes me feel like they're that good. Um, interested in Clemson versus Virginia. Um, that is on Saturday as well. So that should be an interesting one. But yeah, I mean, that's, I think, I think the best thing to say about this team right now is that they don't finish in the top three of the ACC. And that's the disappointment. Okay. That's fair to me. Top three. I mean, I think they definitely, a, a double buy, you know, hundred percent. I'd be, I'd be pretty not ticked, but it'd be, I don't know. The thing, the reason why I bring this up is just because I'm still at the place where I'm just enjoying this team so much and enjoying them grow that I'm not ready. Not to say, I don't know. I, I, I'm just here for the ride, I guess. I don't know. No, I mean it's it's nice. I mean, it, but it's like nice every time compared, to, compared yeah. to last year, where every game had exactly. to be a a statement on this team. And if last like year last wasn't year, that you know, way, if last year wasn't that way, I definitely would feel less so this way. But I am so that was so exhausting. Every single game. Okay, is Jordan War going to show up? Okay, if Jordan's not going to show up, is who's going to pick up the slack? You know, you know. It, it, it was that sucked that was yeah so and every game last fun. year was like a it felt like it was a referendum on chris mack as a coach exactly too. exactly um and that's like that's like the next thing to kind of watch with this team is the chris mack february slump or the end of the season slump if that's a real thing and that's something we'll talk about i mean uh, that we'll cross was, that bridge when we get to it for sure that was a real that was a real thing last year okay um, so it it bears it bears mentioning uh, sounds like we've talked uh, enough about Louisville uh, current basketball. Um, let's let's take a look into this Butch Beard situation, Chris, and and I'll set the table, and then we can have a discussion. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit about it, but um, you know, recording this uh, Thursday night, it, it, it pretty much I think we could we could this this current situation. Um, Started yesterday um, when Butch Beard, who played for U of L in the '60s, was an All-American. Um, you know, uh, I, I think only I, I saw someone say oh, he's only behind Wes Unseld for uh, scoring total scoring in in, in U of L history before freshmen could play, um, which is you know kind of a demarker for for NCAA stats. Um, he sent an email to uh, Neely Bendapudi on Wednesday, uh, talking about some of his frustrations. Um, uh, about the about the team and about the program um you know specifically he mentions uh Wes Unsold and you know what he felt what he what he believes to be a, a lack of respect uh quoting uh there are 15 black athletes on scholarship during my time at U of L or at the university without Wes Unsold or Butch Beard there would never have been a Denny Crum era basketball these are simply the facts yet the university refuses to recognize someone like Wes Unsold who shoulders every player st- uh stands on today um and then his other criticism was uh more specifically about the um the coaching situation and that uh they're they're 
there hadn't been a black uh, enough black coaches at U of L, um, probably specifically about uh, basketball, um, mentions the fact that you know assistant coaches are not you know that's not sufficient, and that you know young black men need um, role models, which you know I definitely you know role models in high position, and I definitely agree. Um, since this initially went went about, there's been you know uh, the university responded uh, with a statement and. Um, there's been now today, you know, we're recording this Thursday, as I mentioned, um, both uh, President Ben DePudi and Butch Beard had a conversation that apparently went pretty well. Both sides have said, you know, it was a good conversation, but um, obviously Butch Beard and, you know, I think everyone who has, you know, feelings just, I, I don't know, actions speak louder than words. And, you know, that's what Butch said. And I, I think that's, that's, you know, completely fair in any situation. Um, so Chris, you know, we've had a few conversations, we've agreed on some things and disagreed on the others. Um, I think at this point, you know, just because I think everyone's talked about this a lot um, locally, where where are you right now, and what what do you think? Um, what do you think Louisville athletics, the university, the basketball program? What do you think they need to take out of you know this letter and this this request from Butch Beard um, and his frustrations? Um, I, th- I think it's unfortunate that at this point the standard response from a lot of mobile fans that look similar to me is that these are guys trying to advance their own personal narratives. Um, because I think when you, when you go into something like that and that's your own preconceived bias, you're not really reading the other words that, that the letter says. I think it is a perfectly reasonable position to say that mobile should do more to honor a guy like Wes Unsel. Um, right. And I think it like, I, I know it's, probably something that's been overlooked because to me, you know, he, he dies in the summer. And I realize now looking back that Louisville really didn't do much to, to honor the guy. And I don't remember myself being particularly infuriated. So I can see how, uh, uh, you know, a large group of, of, of white mess could, could do something to that. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of things can be true and what's happening in this conversation is people are saying one thing, I think, just to make themselves feel better. Right. They're saying that, you know, this is just a guy mad that either Kenny Payne or Jerry Eves didn't get, you know, interviewed for the Louisville basketball coaching position. Um, and I think in any situation, any situation in life, there's going to be people that push their own personal bias into a situation. But that does not mean to me that the rest of their position is loses all merit just because right. of that. Right. I think I think the coaching stuff. I don't know what you really want Louisville to do on that front. Right. Um, they hired, you know, they hired the best guy for the coaching position the football stuff, maybe you have more of a leg to stand on. I don't consider myself as informed about that situation just because I, I, I don't, I'm not as connected to the football program as I am the basketball program. Um, and, and knowing how the hiring process went, but you know, Louisville did talk to Kenny Payne. They did interview him. Um, that was a thing that did happen and they hired the best guy for the job. Um, and the other stuff that he mentions, I think is legitimate. And I think that, like I said, that's the unfortunate thing for me is that the only thing that's getting talked about here is the coaching stuff. That's one part of it. Um, there, there are other things too. 
No, I think I I think the point that you made that I I most identify with, and, and I you know a lot of things can be true at the same time. Um, I I think I, I think in terms of you know we we I think we probably separate these things between the unsold situation and the coaching situation. The coaching situation to me, it is true that there are not enough African American coaches in in NCAA in in the NFL in the, in the NBA and all of it it's it's 100% true i'm looking at um the article that tim sullivan wrote i think he has um it's only 15% of division 1 men's teams and 16.8% of division 1 women's teams are coached by people of color in 2019 that's that's horrendous that's terrible that is true at the same time chris mack you know it was the best person for this job and someone I don't remember as someone had tweeted. And, and I think that it, it was a good point in terms of the Louisville situation that um, they would feel differently about the Louisville, about Louisville's lack of diversity in the men's basketball position. If there had been seven coaches over the last 30 years, there've been three men's basketball coaches at the university of Louisville in the last 50 years, you know, 40 years. That's so yes, it, you know, if there had been several more coaches and, and I, I think whenever the time comes, if Chris Mack leaves in five years, 15, 20, then a hundred percent, we need to evaluate things. Um, and, and, you know, and make sure that minority candidates have a fair and a fair and equal and, um, and equitable opportunity at the opening. And, and, um, and that's something that Neely Bendapudi mentioned, you know, in terms of hiring across the university. And it's something that she's been pretty, you know, I, I do want to credit her. And um, we'll talk a little more specifically, I think, about, you know, kind of the university. But um, I think since she's been hired, you know, she is a woman of color. And since she's been hired, it's that's been a, an important part to her. And, you know, she mentioned that in her statement. Um, in terms of the West Unsell thing, I agree with him and, you know, and, and that wholeheartedly. Um, I think in general, the University of Louisville has been very slow to to honor people in the right way. Um, West Unsel should, should have a, a should, should have a statue. Um, I, I think uh, probably uh, you know someone else in the in the in the football history probably needs to have this. I mean, I, I don't know what the what the procedure is. Some schools have like specific procedures for these types of things. Like I know I think it's, it's like I think Oklahoma. If you if you win a Heisman in Oklahoma, you get a statue. Like it's just like it's in the it's in the laws. It's in the things there. Like I think Lamar Jackson should have a statue at some point. Um, I think Russ Smith should have his jersey retired by now. Um, and that's that's like that's that's the stuff that falls back to me is like it's within the context of everything else we literally just recorded a podcast that talked about uh, should mitch mcconnell should the mcconnell center still be a thing yeah and it's like uh, rick Bettino having his brother i you know i know that was done to honor someone and that was very important to rick Bettino, and that's great they named a dormitory after rick Bettino's brother though and they still don't have anything named Sunsel, Lamar Jackson, Russ Smith, any of those guys. I think that is ridiculous. Yeah. No, I, name, I and, and it seems like, you know, monthly, there is something on the Louisville campus named after Denny Crum. And my God, I love Denny Crum. Denny Crum is amazing. He's done a lot for this Louisville basketball program. He's done, I mean, he's done everything for this basketball program. But those little gestures, they matter. And people yeah. want to make jokes about him. They want to post the articles about, you know, Chris Mack has done a good job of, of welcoming all players 
to you know to open arms, letting them come to practices, things like that. You're posting an article that was written in 2018. That job is never done. Yeah. Just because it happened once doesn't mean doesn't mean it's not an ongoing thing. Yeah. And that's what pisses me off about this situation. It is. It is an ongoing thing. You don't just get to go. Uh, I'll put it in. You don't get to go march on the street once and say that stuff's fixed. I mean, like it, it, this is this is a battle that goes on and goes on. And I, I'm not trying to blame Chris Mack here because he's done a good job at opening doors. And I think Vince Tiber has done a good job at opening doors to where they were closed before. But it is a battle that you have to continue. You have to continue fighting. I mean, yeah. you have to continue doing these things. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I really no, no, wanted no, to you didn't, kind of you didn't drive that point home. No, and I think, and this is, you know, when we had our discussions, I think this is, you know, where we we did, you know, see a little differently because I, I don't know. I I think I I think Butch Beard has every reason to to be frustrated for the for and and you know, and voices opinion. And I didn't even mention at the top, but he's saying that he wants his name removed from everything. He wants to be out of the record books. He wants all that. Um, there wasn't a lot of openness to it by people at U of L, but you know, to be quite honest, it's not their choice. If I'm going to be honest with you, um, you know, if the guy doesn't want to be in it anymore, it's, I'm not going to tell him, I'm not going to tell him he can't have what he wants his, his life and, and how he wants to be remembered. Um, I, do I think it's a step too far? Maybe, um, probably I do. Um, I think what I'm frustrated about is that, um, I know that things were so bad with Rick Pitino that Rick Pitino closed those doors so harshly and um, you didn't see Denny Crum at games. You didn't, you didn't see Griff up front and center. You know, I think there's a reason why they didn't honor, they didn't honor the, the 1980s teams as much during that time. They, they, they didn't have those moments, you know, and those didn't happen until, you know, Chris Mack, you know, they, they do the, the, the most outstanding player banner with, with, you know, Luke Hancock and, and, and Griff, you know, while Chris Mack is here, that's not something that Patino would ever have let happen. I don't know if people get that. So I, I, if I have a qualm with, with, with this and with Butch Beard is that um, I, I think that, the, that the university now is doing a better job. The job is not over. The job is not done, but you have to, I think there's still some level of you've got to get credit for time served. And, and I think they're doing better than they should. And, and, and my, my frustration, even, even to the effect of like, you know, uh, Butch Beard mentioned, you know, he puts this out and the statement comes out immediately from U of L and he even tells Rick Bozich that he was surprised. He didn't think he was going to get a response from them because that's, I'm sure what he had in the past with, with Jurich and um, with Ramsey and, uh, and, and all those folks, cause I'm sure they ignored him for decades and he gets a response immediately. And, and Bozich is kind of like, Oh, well, it doesn't make you feel it's like, well, that's surprising, but it doesn't, change anything for me and yes actions speak louder than words but responding quickly like it's important to you to me is an action it's not as big an action as hiring somebody but where and and I, you know, I don't, I completely agree with you. I do not think that, you know, looking through this through the glasses of, oh, it's all the former players who wanted Kenny Payne to get the job. That's not the right way to do it. But I think there also has to be some leeway for they're making the right initial steps. And if in a year, those steps aren't followed up on, then, you know, screw them. But also, 
some credit for 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 and making making initial progress. I don't know. I I could why, completely, be completely wrong. Why do Why do you think people? I saw something that was brought up a lot was that they thought the timing and this was weird. Why do you think people felt that way? Um, I mean, I I said that to you. I don't know. I think because and and when I initially came to this, I came to it through the through that through the through the coaching decision, and um and it and that's why like I don't know and, and I think the stuff with the stuff with Wes, you know, I I, I think I, I have I feel like I have a little more grasp on it. You know, Tim Sullivan did some reporting. He mentioned that um that Wes's uh, widow um. She wanted a, a scholarship and the players had, had gotten a committee together. Apparently they were openly raising money um, and they wanted a statue. And it seemed like the university kind of, they had these two things and they didn't know where to go. And then COVID, COVID was happening and they're like, okay, well you guys will come back to this. And they probably shouldn't have done that. You know, that's, that's, that's a mistake. And, and, and they, you know, that's okay. Like, like they, that can be admitted. Um, and as I mentioned, the university is, is too slow. They've been too slow on honoring people in the basketball, in the basketball sense, the program, I, I truly do believe that. And I've thought that for years. Um, so I don't know. I think initially that was maybe my thought, but I, the more I think about it, the more, the more I'm willing to accept. And given the fact, I mean, we're about to talk about John Calipari and kneeling. So the timing no, that, is the that, timing. That's, that's like, the, that's like the thing for me is I thought the timing made perfect sense um, because it was, you know, after that stuff, after what we've seen happen in the country in the last year um, to me, it, you know, it, it made a lot of sense. I, I, I just do. It really does resonate with me the points about Wes Hunsell though I think it is pretty ridiculous that there was not more done yeah to honor the man's death whether it's a patch on a jersey it's a the first game we're gonna have a moment of silence for Wes Hunsell yeah any of those things it doesn't have to be anything huge um but no I I think you made some good points I think the university has done work into kind of bridging this gap um, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, react harshly to the way some of these people do react when they've been treated so poorly for the last definitely. years, though. No, definitely. I can kind of get I can I can kind of no, get you're it conditioned to it. just like, yeah. Yeah. So and that's like, what that's what I'm saying. That response said to me that that was a condition that that was like he I think Butch Beard and my understanding is he, he doesn't live he doesn't live in Louisville anymore and his relationship with the university is is frayed to a point that is not you know uh, that that's going to be really hard to come back from and I think it's a I don't know I, I think it's a good sign that you know Neely was clearly she wanted to deal with the situation um put out the statement you know there was a hiccup with with timing apparently some person didn't know that butch's real name is alfred or, or and I, like rick bozich tried making a big deal about it. i'm like dude the person who's running this is probably who's setting up this meeting is probably 29 years old and, and i mean didn't that was kind of funny honestly <laughs> like i'm not like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make that what you're trying to make it dude like it's yeah. it's fine it's it's the first week back from school too like i'm like there's a lot going on like the fact that she was 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 really treating this like a, like a scandal level event to me was meant something to me and it, yeah. and it, and it, and i think it bodes well moving forward and i i hope that butch beard and some of the other folks um you know jerry eaves obviously you know kind of feel something moving forward i, I don't know I, I think i think that's important um 
but I do. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think as Louisville fans, we're so preconditioned to, to, to feeling like the, the knife is up against us. And like, listen, yeah, I, man, we've, we've talked about that before that, that everyone, maybe we should have led with that, man. Cause like, that's how it is, dude. And, and I get it. I'm the same way. If I see us, if, if I see a dude writing about us negatively, I'm like, how's this guy? know John Calipari, <laughs> you know, like, how's this guy associated? We are, we are doom and gloomers a hundred percent. And especially like, listen, you see Rick Bozich's name, you see Tom, you know, Tim Sullivan, you know, we know how the fans feel about those guys, you know, like we joke about, we joke about Sully. We love Sully. Sully's our guy. <laughs> like we love him, but like they see yeah. it and like, Oh, here comes Tim Sullivan to say something negative about Louisville. And uh, I get yeah, it. Like I said, man, it's just, it, it's just frustrating to me that the, the first thing was a met with like, let me read this and try to understand it. The first reaction is, Oh, this guy's just salty. Yeah, man, I think like, that's just give the, give the guy give the guy a chance. He like, deserved and on. and there were several people online I think that did a really good job. That was like, um, you know, that was like, hey, he's you know he's earned the right to to speak, and we have to listen to him. And I appreciate those people. Right. Um, I appreciate those people doing that. And um, yeah, no, I, and I do want to say one thing. You know, I saw a lot of people bringing up a. Um, a article that was like USC did some kind of study that was like, Oh, here are the universities that are doing the best at African-Americans, you know, you know, having a community for African-American students and the number one criteria for that study. And listen, like I get it. It's, it's easy to point to that and the university put it on their news and I'll explain later, but the number one criteria was the percentage of students at the university that are African-American compared to the percentage of population in the entire state that's African-American. Louisville's going to do pretty good in that stat. <laughs> like I'm, sh- I'm doing the, the Michael Jordan shrug guy, like the, the, the security shrug guy. And that's not, uh, and even Neely Bendapudi at the bottom said, this, this doesn't mean much to me. This is nice, but like, we're still doing more. Like she even said that in the statement. So it's like, don't use that as a thing. I get it. Um, the last thing I'll say, and we can we can kind of move on, is I I think you should always, if you're a fan of Louisville, um, and you know you you kind of stand by what the university has been and what the university is going to be and what the university is, this should be a situation where you extend your arms rather than close them. Yeah, we can always be better. Like if you just if we can all approach everything with, ah, what can I do to be better in this situation? The, the, the work is never done and that's just the reality of life. So I, 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 and Hey, listen, I was, I, we had conversations. I was skeptical. I was trying to find the fault. Well, yeah, we disagreed. And, and I think there's still some, there's still some parts of the situation that I, you know, it's not something that upsets me, but it's something like, uh, maybe I wouldn't have done this this way if I was Butch Beard but he's right. entitled to his opinion and the way that he feels. And he has reasons, legitimate reasons for feeling that way. So I think just approaching that, approaching th- these kinds of situations with that, I think is really, um, really important. Um, 
I'm just getting, getting alerts on my phone from from questions that people are asking me. It's oh, good. We, you can add them in. Uh, I was going to say it. it's the the Louisville women's basketball team is playing, and it sounds like uh, freshman star Haley Van Lith had some kind of uh, injury to her finger, may have oh, dislocated no. it really bad. Um, so hopefully it's not a big deal and she's okay. But I saw several people pretty uh, you know kind of getting to oh no. Um, sounds like it might just be a finger thing, which you know, long-term might be okay, but seems like that might be an issue in the immediate term. So I figure I'd bring that up because just got seen so many people mention it. Um, let's talk about John Cal Perry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. The, 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 <laughs> just days of our lives continues to spin in Lexington, dude. Um, um, it's, a, it's fun. I want to say, you know, if here's, here's my, my segue to this as Louisville fans, we cannot with one hand, say butch beard nothing you say matters you're just being you're being angry and with the other say ha ha kentucky is having this issue that's what's uh, happening a lot let me just week, let me just say that that's not that's not we shouldn't be that way we can't do that it doesn't it, it, it doesn't make sense so don't don't dismiss one guy with one hand and point and laugh with the other um but you know we we the University of Kentucky, the players decided to kneel on Saturday before their game against Florida. And as you expect with the fan base, BBN, it was it was not um, overwhelmingly popular. I think it's probably closer to 50-50 than or probably, you know, 70-40 and 70-30 in support. But the minority uh, is loud. And right. uh, you, you had, I don't know if you saw this, uh, Chris, uh, you had Robert Stivers, the Senate president cried on the Senate floor. about I it. I did not see that. Oh, that's, that's nice. Um, so people were mad and um, John Calipari, uh, he talked about it on thing on Tuesday on his show. And I'll read you the quote that he had. Um uh i don't see specific i had had it pulled up uh he said i didn't know about it until 90 minutes before the game cal perry told reporters we had a talk since then about it you don't need to speak you need to have action cal perry said how do you bring people together how do you make a difference not just how you make a statement they're 18 year olds 18 year old kids they're learning these kids are good kids they've got good hearts but this political time was probably not a real good time to do it so when is a real good time to do it john cal perry um which uh i read that uh directly from an article on yahoo.com from a guy chris and i had never heard of named jason owens and uh cal immediately followed it up with uh a a trumpian tweet the all caps exactly what i thought the all caps i stand with for and by my players always have and always will exclamation point um chris what do you make of all this what do you what do you make of bbn is is john calipari gonna leave or is he gonna get fired which is gonna happen first five he, years from down the stretch because it's it, it's starting to feel to me calipari is gonna bounce for me in the next five years that's the way i feel it doesn't like dude like <laughs> Yeah, he is not happy right now. Um, it is uh, as as Titus and Tate have said, these lifetime contracts never end well. It didn't work well in Louisville. <laughs> you know, we just talked about Denny Crumb some. No, no, it didn't end out well in Louisville, and it's not going to end out well in Kentucky. And you know, come about the part that Kentucky, you know, 
did not look good at all against, uh, you know, against an Al- a decent Alabama team. You know, maybe Florida's the frauds and Alabama's the contenders. Um, I am just. I, but I think this is like this is like the dilemma for for John Calipari when he his whole thing is that you know it's going to be players first, players first, players first, players first. When you do something like this, you cannot back down from it. And being in the middle is almost worse than being on one side. Exactly. We've talked about that before with that, with another guy um, in, in Kentucky media issue remain nameless. Um, but being in the middle and, and a situation like this is almost worse than being on. It is worse than, than, than just picking a side. So that's the dilemma for Calipari now is he's trying to appease boosters but he's also trying to have that whole branding situation of where my players are going to be empowered in this program and they are going to be it's going to be players first players first players first in this situation he can't have it both ways and if you don't think that the craft family and the other people who have power at the university of kentucky did not call mitch barnhart about this situation you are kidding yourself so you're I don't think mitch barnhart right. was happy himself i don't think but he had to say he was along with the players because that's he supporting cal and when you're talking about is this going to end in divorce or is it going to be a, a conscious uncoupling or something kind or a, you know what kind of breakup is this going to be um you're talking about a situation where now you're talking you know there's boosters that are frustrated at this situation clearly if uk media doesn't want to report it i don't need them to report it i i know <laughs> i know who the boosters to the university of kentucky are and i know that right. they're not happy about kids kneeling down sure. and i tell you that so if you're talking about the fact that the fans are ready growing restless and then also now the boosters the people who fund the checks who make the make the things spin around that is an issue that's where that's that's not one strike that's two and three strikes you're out i mean just, just with, <laughs> i won't i won't use the lakers as an example but let's say let me think what if the milwaukee bucks job opens up tomorrow morning and they contact Calipari. You think he's going to have his arm open to that? You think he's going to listen to that? I do. Yeah. I mean, if the new if the New York Knicks open, and they want to contact John Calipari, I think now, you know, I I'm not going to sit here and say that this is intimate or, or John Calipari's leaving in the next few years because I don't believe that. But I do think in the right situation, particularly an NBA job, his his ears would be a little bit more open. I mean, we saw it two years ago where he at least did have a conversation with UCLA that, that, you know, I don't know how, how serious that conversation was, but he actually did talk to them. He answered the phone. Um, so now I, I do think he's going to be a little bit more open to those situations. I think that's kind of what this means. No, I, I think, I think you're definitely right. And I, it's, it's, this isn't, this isn't a, uh, uh, this isn't a huge incident. It is, uh, it, it's just a small one. I think that's, that's, I think our point here is just you, these small little problems, the Dante Allen issue, the, the, mm-hmm. the Cameron Fletcher issue. Uh, I mean, you had, I mean, the Ashton Hagen's to a certain extent last year. Yeah, yeah exactly. These are all small issues and you know, they're like little Legos and you build the Legos up and pretty soon it's easier <laughs> to knock it down than if you had just a couple, it's, it's just easier to happen. Um, so I don't know, man. I, I don't, it's, it's, uh, it, it's going to be really interesting. Um, 
to see what happens going forward with him. I, I, I don't, I was, I was pretty convinced that Kentucky was going to go on some magical run, uh, but they looked really bad against Alabama who, who admittedly is probably the best team in the ACC, but um, or in the sec, but uh, you know, now you're talking about Alabama. LSU is probably as good as Alabama is. At least they are in Ken Palm. Um, We're still kind of just waiting for like the the Cal Magic trick because usually he's able to pull some type of card that gets the fan base bought back in and buy him back in, whether it's next season or something like that. But I do think. I mean, this, are you not sure Dante Allen was not the 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 card trick for the season? Like that's what I figured. That's yeah, I mean, I there's gonna there there's gonna be a pivot at some point to to something else or maybe it's I next season, Tennessee but. Tennessee's really good so it's it, you're probably looking at three teams that are 100% better than Kentucky in the SEC yeah so and like, that's, <laughs> I don't know man they're not going to enjoy going to Catlanta and watching their squad get beat <laughs> I tell you that there ain't going to be a lot of folks going if to Catlanta if they, if they have an SEC tournament we'll see if those things happen because I think conference tournaments still are a little Definitely. Uh, let's close this thing out with uh, some questions, Chris. You, you tweeted out. You asked for some questions. We had some folks come back. Um, let's just get started with uh, Brandon S. McReynolds. I don't know who that guy is, uh, but he said uh, <laughs> he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, how many points could Gabe Diverge score against Gabe Wisnitzer? Uh, and I answered already, but the answer is zero. Uh, I'm just, I'm bad at basketball. <laughs> I don't know if people know this about me. I'm six, three, I'm 225 pounds. I should be good at basketball, but I'm not. Um, my basketball story is uh, that when I would play in high school, not like for my team, but just, you know, pick up games or whatever. Uh, I would always go for Gabe double doubles. So Gabe double doubles are two of one statistic. So two points, if I got a bucket halfway there, if I got two rebounds and two points, that's a Gabe double-double. Two, two assists, <laughs> two blocks, uh, Gabe triple-double, Gabe quadruple-double. I think I only got to a Gabe triple-double uh, once or twice, uh, played in the mini um, a few nice. times, uh, pick up ball. So, um, hey, man, I'm, I'm trash at basketball, but that's all I got uh, <laughs> on that front. Um, I got it. I got a couple couple more that I'm going to put in here um, that I don't have listed in the doc, so I'll just ask them here. Okay, ask them. Um, then we'll get then we'll get back to the other ones at the end. So the first one is from at ECC, and the question is: Would you rather never watch basketball again or never tweet again? <laughs> That's devastating. <laughs> oh man. That's oh. <laughs> tough, man. Uh, I'm gonna say never tweet again. I'm gonna say never tweet again. You'll see me on Instagram but, live, yo. <laughs> start my. Uh, start. I'll be on par. I'll be on. I'll be on parlor, bro. Uh, <laughs> we'll be on Gab, yo. <laughs> good buddy, L Razor, who said, "Who is your favorite team in the Big Sky Conference?" I mean, that's obviously Montana. There's zero question. They're right outside my door in Missoula, Montana. I don't know if you if you uh, dabble in the Big Sky Conference game, if you even have a team. But you know, if you, I'm, if you I'm pulling, one, I'm pulling up the list. Um, shout out to Montana State. <laughs> Montana State number we, two. Definitely yeah, Eastern Weaver Washington. State, I think is in there. Eastern Washington okay. is going to mm-hmm. be my team. I'm going to pick uh, just because they had that one guy who ended up going to uh, Oregon that one year. Uh, not great. Uh, Eastern. Yeah. Washington that one guy, there. that one year. 
<laughs> and then, then the last question is from the Chris two one three, and he says, "Why do people think you have to pick ranch or blue cheese of wings? Why can't we live in a world with both?" I think blue cheese is absolutely awful. I also I hate absolutely blue cheese. eat it. Um, so I I think ranch is the only thing that exists there. I don't know. I also hate blue cheese. I'm glad I I'm glad you you said that. Uh that's a controversial take, but I hate it. So um Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm good with that. We'll keep we'll keep running. Right. Um Josh That's Mab- it on my front. Okay, Josh Mabry, uh Mabry A26. When will Meneland be fully health game ready? Uh we didn't mention jo- uh, um Charles Meneland. He played one minute. Uh, didn't do anything to me that said anything about anything um, in that singular minute. Didn't record a set. A trillion. He dropped a trillion. Um, Shout out to to Charles Millen. Um, I don't know. I, I, I have like three people shout out to all three people who texted me about the Goku thing um, that I said last time, because it was clearly the, the, the correct analogy. Um, I'm very interested. Let's say if I'm going to put a a, a list on it, a, a date on when Charles Middleton will be game ready. I'm going to say Boston college at home on January the 30th, he will play over literally 12 minutes. I was literally going to say the same thing. I think if you're going to con- count on him being a like contributing factor yes. to this team, around that area is when you kind of want to see him get in double digits. I'm not going to judge a single thing he does until that point. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Okay, fair. No, I'm not, One I, way, the, pop, pop, positive, positive or negative. So positive or negative. He has 20 and 10 against Florida State. We're not going to say We're not going to talk a word about it on this podcast. Not one word. Um, uh, Chris, uh, at Brady Cards wants to know, was Rocky Four shot at your house in Montana? <laughs> Dude, yesterday was wild. We had, I you think, like, a, a win. We had a wind gust of 82 miles an hour yesterday. You like low key posted a picture of a or a video of an avalanche just one day. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, like there was. Oh yeah, two days ago there was there was two skiers um, rescued off the mountain literally oh in front of my house <laughs> that skied into an avalanche. They survived. It was all good. Um, but yeah, dude, just some casual cross country skiing and, and big sky Montana. Um, um t- just, just as a heads up, uh, Wyoming, uh, was used for the frozen expanse, uh, of the Soviet union and Rocky four, not Montana. <laughs> uh, the small farm farm where Rocky lived and trained was in Jackson hole, Wyoming and grand Teton national park was used for many of the outdoor sequences meant to take place in the Soviet union. Uh, the Soviet bout was filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia. I did not know any of that. That's, the more you know. Good news. Also, news you a fun use. fact, Rocky Four was the highest grossing sports movie for 24 years. Do you want to guess what overtook it? So 24 years, it came out in 1985. Uh, so 2008-2009-ish. What is your guess? You know, I was going to say Space Jam, but that would be too late. Um no, I don't have a guess. The blind it? side. It is the blind side. No. Shout out to Sandy Bullock. Not really surprising either, honestly. No, no, no. Uh, I like this one, Chris, from Andrew Crum, 14, 
if you were able to create your dream forecastle lineup, who would be the three headliners and also any other artists this, in general you'd want to see there? I'm about to hit you with a nuts music recommendation. Uh, um, but so who are your three let's, headliners? Let's keep this to like music right now. Oh yeah, no, li- you don't get to bring live- back Led Zeppelin. No, yeah, you don't get to. Music- so i'll do an artist you do an artist i do an artist you do an artist i like this i'm really excited okay Okay. so so friday night um frank ocean i wouldn't put frank ocean friday night but okay um okay let me go let me go friday night heim okay all right um saturday night Man, dude, I've been I've been thinking about this, and they're all just going to come out really generic, which is fine for me. It's far from okay. the course, but I, I, at this point, I would have to go Tyler Childers. Okay, okay. I think I, I'm not going to say I, I'm I'm like I'm like desperately trying to think of people right now. I'm, I'm pulling through. <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to say. I, I think you would. I think if you had Frank Ocean, you put him Saturday night. Like Frank Ocean's no, a Saturday I, guy. I, I, I'm not going to say no, him. He, you're right about that. Frank Ocean is a Saturday guy, guy and in that case, Tyler Tillers would be a Sunday guy. He's not Tyler a Tyler Tillers would be a Sunday guy, and that, that, reminds- that was that was a real bad mistake by me. You're you're totally right on that. So, um, if we're going, I, just because of people, I don't know. I'm looking at my the songs I loved in in uh, in 2020. If we're talking about people who were, I think Saturday is normally like the poppiest person. That's why I kind of said I'm saying this. Um, I really enjoyed Dua Lipa's album from last year of like the main pop albums. I think that was my favorite. I like the Weekend album some, the 1975 as well. The 1975 we're gonna play Saturday night last year, and I was really excited. Yeah, um, but yeah, if I had to say a poppy per- or or Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny, I'm always good with some some Spanish hip hop. Uh, Sunday, who you got? So Sunday is I'm, I'm going to reverse all this. Sunday was going to be Tyler Childers. Saturday <laughs> okay. was Saturday was going to be Saturday is going to be Frank Ocean. Friday, I am about to blow your mind. Asher Roth. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> because everything about that to me says forecastle Friday night. You're, that's um, so that's I'm not, fair. I'm not picking people that I like particularly enjoy, although I do kind of dig some Asher Roth. Um, I, I won't lie. So, yeah, Asher Roth, Frank Ocean, Tyler Childers. There's my three headliners. On, on Sunday, if I'm going off people that I've enjoyed their music in the last 12 months who would be touring at this point, um probably headliner level i really like the the chicks album formerly the dixie yeah. Chicks. i like them i think they fit kind of a, a, a sunday night type of feel uh another type of kind of a lower key um it's a little more pop but i, I you know i like charlie xcx a lot is all women i don't know if you've noticed this. i i always i for some reason i'm always into female artists it's way more charlie xcx is a really good good one um it's it's also like for me if i'm looking at it from the realm of like post-covid first concert i want to go to yeah what's the i mean i want to raise my ass off that's so what like, i'm trying to do. i would like to go like i'd like to go see like travis scott or something and just fully fully get immersed give me give um, me the the travis scott and drake tour for that first one i'm just trying to <laughs> blow my eyes off of just just beats um right 
well, we we totally skipped we 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 totally skipped Harlow. Harlow has to be Saturday. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. this is for I mean, us, but like Harlow's Harlow's got to be there. And I'm, I listen that Harlow Saturday night forecastle set. Cause it's coming. It's, it's going to, if it's not in this year, it's next year. It's going to be the littest that has ever been. It's just, I, yeah. Forecastle, forecastle needs that by the way. They need it. They need it. <laughs> uh, they could use, they could use that. And you know, he brings out everyone who he knows. He's just, it's just going to be, it's going to be fantastic. Um, any other I, I you know said any other artists in general you want to see there any artists right now we'll take this as a music is there a person you're listening to right now that's in that, that you want to mention i mean i listen to a lot of saba um i yeah, listen you, to a lot of you, you listen to a lot of tribe called quest okay. um I mean, you're not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I wouldn't go see Kanye West. So. Oh, I would go see Kanye. West. Listen, I mean, you know, <laughs> well, let's see what kind of music he makes if he's going to get divorced, man. I, I've got shout out to all like four people who've texted me like, "What do you think about <laughs> Kanye getting divorced?" We've, we've got a few group texts, uh, even uh, trying to get our opinions on Kanye West. I get great. it, man. Listen, shout out to uh, like I, yeah, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, my, I today started listening to this guy and it, uh, as is lame this sounds very like uh very millennial of me uh like uh upscale whatever that wants to mean millennial uh but the new york times my favorite music writer is john caramonica monica from the new york times and he wrote an article about a guy named kid g who's a 17 year old small town georgia country music emo rap artist Oh, I saw the headline or the, no, I saw the pictures. And I listened, I listened to the first song and it just starts like, it's just hard twang initially. And like, okay, this is, you know, this is too much. But then I listened to some of the other tracks, Chris, and I was, I was really, really enthused. Um, None of this is affected by the fact his name is Gabriel Gabe. None of this that (laughs) has no impact on this. Um, but if you want to hit his album, Teenage Dream, it's on Spotify, uh, Small Town Girl. You know, it's I, 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 I am like I'm a country, like not a hater, but like mainstream country hater. Like I'll listen to some of the alternative country. This is but I like some of the pop sensibilities of some of the country people. Um, I'm a big Casey Musgraves person, for example. Um, of course. So I really do like how this young man, uh, that sounded terrible, <laughs> this young man, um, <laughs> uh, he may, you know, he's adjacent to the definitely sounds sort of like some of the fun country that you might hear on the radio, but it never feels overly ridiculously about my truck. <laughs> All right. So you, you give me that artist to listen to and I'll give you one. Okay. Dirt wire. Dirt, dirt wire dirt wire what is dirt wire if you want to hear 27 different instruments in a song and be like i don't know what any of these things that are playing are but i can bob my Ooh. head to this i'm looking i'm looking yeah okay. yeah they're, they're they're definitely a band that's going to be at every different type of festival i see um, what you're saying out there they're just, they're just gonna be playing. this album color um, is nuts <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so i would listen to what was it kid g kid g k i double d all right k i d d g 
Shout out to and everyone. We were reconvene on. We were reconvene on the next podcast. We we have it. one last question. We really we really emptied out the bag for this one. So sorry to rivals <laughs> Zip, uh, who asked us if you could sell your ability to read forever. How much would you take for you to part ways with literacy? And I don't think I'd ever sell my ability to read. Zip, I'm sorry. I think I would sell my ability to hear before I would read. I think so too. I think so too. And I say that and I, I thoroughly enjoy music, but I just, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm too, I'm too addicted to the tweet deck. Too many words appear. <laughs> Can't unplug <laughs> from the faucet of information. Uh, I think we got to leave it there. <laughs> this has been quite a podcast. We went a lot of places. <laughs> we went a lot of places. Um, this is a good one, Chris. Uh, we will reconvene after this fun weekend of Lowell basketball, and I'm sure something else will come up for us to talk about. It always does. <laughs> um, but thanks, everyone, for listening. If you stayed this long, I know we went a little longer than normal. But uh, thanks, everyone, for hanging out. And go Cards, and we'll talk to you next time. Okay.